Today's program has been brought to you by Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. For more information, visit HearstRanch.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. All right, well, it's Sunday. That means it's the main course. Welcome, everybody. We're broadcasting live out of Roberta's Restaurant at 261 Moore Street. Uh, we are engineered by Joe Galarraga. Joe, are you asleep in there? What's going on? Oh, no, I'm wide awake. I'm always wondering with you. You're a lead singer in a rock and roll band. I always wonder if you perform late on Saturday and like this Sunday at noon appointment is like your worst nightmare. We never do shows on Saturday night because I know I have to be here at Sunday in the morning. Well, I'm happy to be killing your Saturdays. I'm sorry to be killing your Saturdays, I should say, but we love having you back there. We want to thank the Hearst family for being our top sponsor here at Heritage Radio Network, and we wanted to pick them uh, to be the sponsor for today's show. Uh, it is a very, very big show. We have uh, in studio with us Leo Batali. Uh, with his father, Mario Batali, and the matriarch of the family, uh, Susie Khan. So um, we are very happy to have them, and uh, we're going to uh, start the interview uh, with them in a second. But we are a membership organization, so uh, if you haven't paid your $60 to become a member, we recommend you do so soon. And uh, you support programming like our newest Evolutionary, which just premiered this week, which was Florence Fabricant. And I always remember when I very first was living in Italy, Joe, and uh, I was uh, came for a trip here, and I was like, you know, uh, Carlo Petrini has asked me to start Slow Food, and, you know, uh, is there any advice you have? And Florence, was, we were sitting at Remy Restaurant, I believe, and she said, listen, she's, you know, a tough cookie. She's like, listen, all great social movements start in New York. If you're successful here, you'll be successful in the rest of the country, but not the other way around. And it's something that always stuck with me. And uh, she was always a great friend to the movement over the years. And uh, it was really cool that she came in. So log on, do a search for Florence Fabricant. We also uh, broadcasted this week, Aaron wanted me to say, at the uh, Big Apple Barbecue. So uh, I was uh, very disappointed to walk by and see Smithfield there. I was like, what's this Big Apple barbecue come to if Smithfield is there? But nonetheless, it was a spectacular event, and I look forward to hearing the footage that's going to be coming out of that. Um, and I'll keep this intro short and sweet because the guests are much more interesting than anything I will go on about. So uh, I'm very excited to have uh, you guys. Thanks so much for being in studio. Thanks for having us. Happy Smithfield was doing uh, Chinese pork barbecue, weren't they? Were they? Oh, brother. Yeah, their specialty. Right, exactly. Oh, man, what's happening to the world? But uh, we have, I got this book, uh, Pam, who's Mario's assistant, uh, overnighted me three books, and they were really, really cool. Congratulations, Leo. Thank you. So you and your brother came up with this book. It's got, I don't know, maybe 50, 75 recipes in it. Yeah. And they're all... uh, ideas uh, that you had come up with cooking over the years so whose idea was this it was my idea Mm -hmm. and like 
we really wanted to get him something special for his birthday and his 50th birthday yeah yeah and my brother originally i didn't let him in being like the bad brother i guess but (laughs) eventually i did and we spent um the last two weeks of summer just making recipes and putting it together so this is you, uh, Leo, and your brother, Benno. Yes. And where were you guys? In Michigan? And you just had a bunch of ingredients, and you were just trying to experiment and cook your favorite dishes? Yeah, we were in Michi- our lake house in Michigan, and we were trying to do our like favorite dishes that were also that we were making that summer and that our dad kind of inspired us on or taught us. Mm-hmm. So what was going through your mind when you gave him the gift, like before he had opened it and as he was opening it? I was like, oh, damn, this is going to be, like, the coolest thing. He's going to be so excited. And then I was like, oh, no, he didn't ask for this. He asked for self-portraits, and he (laughs) didn't get himself portraits. So it's like, it was mostly, like, excited. And then, like, what if he really wanted those self-portraits really bad? No, but I bet he was pretty happy. Yeah. So, uh, Mario, what were were your thoughts when you opened the book? Well, I was looking for the (laughs) self-portraits. No, I, I got to say, it was a complete surprise. I didn't have any idea that they were doing it. They called me every couple of days to ask about a couple of you know, timing issues or oven temperature things, but I wasn't thinking they were making a book. So when they opened it, it was, it was an emotional experience, I got to say. It brought tears to my eyes. It was, uh, it was truly beautiful. I was more than touched, more than proud, more than taken to the floor. Well, were you guys intimidated to give your dad, who's known as a famous chef, uh, a, a cookbook? Uh, or I mean, was there any nerves there to see what he would think about the quantities and the ingredients and all that? No, I think we knew that he was going to like it no matter what. So uh, what were the... Uh well, first of all, how did it happen? I mean, how did the work happen to make this book? Uh, did uh, Susie, did you play a role or did you tell your mom that you wanted to do this and she went out and got ingredients and then you started putting pen to paper? Or what was the process of those two weeks? Just to give us a clue on, on how it happened. So basically, we just start with like coming up like, what do we want to put in the book? Mm-hmm. And then we'd find out those recipes and then be like, tonight, we're going to make burgers. And then you'd make it with kind of like taking notes. Mm-hmm. And then I was the note taker. Ah, oh, I see. Okay. And then you'd go on the computer, write up the recipe, and at the end, write the little like header on the top of the page. Mm-hmm. So some of the headers, like um, I liked reading these. Uh, this is our favorite breakfast. This is for cinnamon swirl French toast. This is our favorite breakfast dish to eat on the weekend because it reminds us that we should be relaxing and doing what we want. <laughs> Yes. When we were younger, we used to eat it every weekend, but now we have it only on special occasions, so it's a real treat for us. Yes. So you would come up with those things uh, too, and then uh, pull it all together. Well, a very, very, a very cool book. Uh, I love the simplicity of the recipes, and uh, I hope my son uses it when he gets a little bit older. But uh, I know a lot of people helped you. So, like, who are the Congers and the Jameson families? I read your introduction and saw that you thanked them. The Conger and Jameson's families were uh, family friends, and when we'd be making the dishes, we'd invite them over every night because we'd be making so much food that we'd have them over to help us eat the food that we made. 
Okay. Oh, they would come and help eat it. Yes. Okay. And would they ever say something's not right, or would they always love it? Or they always loved it. Pretty That's much. good. Yeah. Well, you come from good cooking genes, I bet. So, uh, well, tell us about some of your favorite recipes. I mean, uh, well, I have to ask, what makes the sloppy Joe extra sloppy? Because I see you put the, the salsa word. probably. Oh yeah, it makes it extra. So, what's the secret behind that recipe? Um, well, you add this also just kind of makes it. It adds some flavor, and it also comes and makes it looser. So it's just kind of all over the place. Got it. Got it. And uh, you're a big tzatziki fan, I hear. Yes. Yeah. What? What is that like? What? Describe to our listeners who don't know what tzatziki. It's kind of like a sauce, right? Yeah, it's like a garlicky dill, creamy yogurt. 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 Okay. So, uh, well. Mario and, and, and uh, Susie, uh, were you, uh, did you guys take meals at home very seriously? Were you always uh, concerned about what you would eat? Or was it something like you would come in and order takeout because you had spent so much time in the food world, you with cheese and you with... I think I would order the takeout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mario was serious about the meals and cooking. In the summer... And I think part of the reason how this cookbook came about, when Mario would leave to have to go back to New York for work, I told the boys they were in charge of cooking the meals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I would sit back and relax. And when Mario was there, he cooked all the meals. And then when he left, the boys cooked all the meals. So... I don't know if that answers the question. It does answer the question. I mean, we take our food seriously, but we're not serious about it. Mm-hmm. We'll go buy something, whether it's like Michigan whitefish or just chopped hamburger, and we grill and we think about it a lot. We don't spend too much time on it, but we enjoy the whole process, so it's always fun, and it's it's delicious because we put time into it. But it's not like we're not writing menus unless we're having parties with a lot of people over. Uh-huh. And did you uh, grow up eating all types of things because you were, you know, the son of a, of a cooking family? I mean, anchovies and all these weird things that other kids might not like, but you kind of had an introduction to because of your family? Yeah. Well, ever since we were really young, he'd just be kind of, he'd put the food on the table and we just kind of tried it and found out what we liked and didn't like pretty much. For a couple of years... Leo had one thing. People asked him what his favorite thing to eat was, uh, and it was always a source of great joy and mirth. Leo, what was it? Duck testicles. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Duck it, testicles, Because huh? there's a dish called chibreo, which is a classic Tuscan old Renaissance dish that has all of the extra gifts of the chicken, not just the breast and the leg, but the coxcomb, the liver, the kidneys, the gizzard. And the testicles. You've got real balls, kid. I like that. <laughs> um, so uh, now, Susie, since uh, now you played, so you were uh, this book, which is really fun, by the way. I mean, all of our listeners should get it. I mean, it is, uh, you know, Anne was like, what? Is that that's not Mario? And then she opened it, and uh, you know, Am being my wife, and she just loved it. She just thought it was fun, simple recipes. She thought they were going to be complicated recipes, and and she read it and she loved it, and uh, she wants to use it. It's just a few pages. It's a small book. Um, anyway, it's really, really a fun cookbook for kids, and that's what I really think the effect is: is people are going to see this at the bookstore, and uh, kids are going to want it. And uh, when kids eat better, that's good. Um, so, Susie, you also played a role in the phot- photographs as well, right? The photography of it. I took all the photographs with my iPhone. 
That's amazing. So iPhones take quality photos. iPhones for take fantastic photos. Well, when the boys were making this book, it was the intention was never that it was going to be a real published book out there available for the public. Uh-huh. We, you know, they made it for Mario's 50th birthday. They worked on this. It was about two and a half years ago. And we self-published it. We made mm-hmm. 50 copies, I think, and hmm. gave them, of course, Mario, and then out to family and friends. So we what never... What were these ex- made, like, uh, stapled? Or no, no, go? it was a little more you expensive <laughs> than that. Um, but, as they like but to the, say, as the kids like to say, they wrote it back when they were kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now they're old. But, but the iPhotos photos worked beautifully. They're, they're great. No, but everybody... No one can believe it. So what was it? Were these like, uh, was there ma- that no makeup involved? You were just like, go into the yard, ER, put your chef hats on, and let's start shooting. Here, take a big knife. Here's a whisk and pose. Do something. <laughs> she was and- very demanding. <laughs> really? <laughs> very. But it worked out. She's like, this will never do. That tree's got to go. I want you to look yeah. like that. Oh, no. But the, how long, what, what were the photos like? So she would just send you around and you would pose. There's some fun uh-huh. pictures in here with the knives. Yeah. You're here with a very big knife. That's a little scary looking <laughs> and a pizza cutter. But Yes. So uh, very, very cool. So what's your favorite recipe? I mean, I got to know. Uh, if you were going to tell kids to cook one or two of these things, what would you recommend to start off? I really like the corn. It's really easy and it- you can basically put it with any dish. Like if you pick the burgers, although they're like really good, you can't have that every night. So with the corn, it can just be a side for a main dish mm-hmm. or it could be the main dish. And what about that one with the honey in it? There's just uh, it was just the carrots with cumin and honey. Mm-hmm. That's a very simple one uh, that uh, Anne picked out as her favorite in the book. Um, but what would you pick if you had to eat one recipe more than the others? Would it be that one? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably that one. So, uh, Mario and Susie, what are your advice to parents, you know, who don't live in New York City or San Francisco? You know, they might live someplace like in the middle of nowhere, like northern Michigan or something like that. No, just kidding. But um, what, what advice do you give them to be open to all foods and experimenting and sense of humor? Well, I think one of the ways to uh, make sure that kids eat just about everything is have them come in the kitchen and work with you. If you bring a challenging ingredient in and don't pretend it's challenging or say, oh, my God, we're going to deal with something really challenging here, if you start cooking with them, by the time the kids are done and the dish is made and everything's on the table, they've invested too much to not try it. It's Mm -hmm. not even in the realm of possibility. So just have the food in the house, have it always available, and make sure that you're always kind of moving around the seasons. You know, keep it... Keep it changing, but also go back to the classics every now and then because you can rely on that to bring the people to the table. Mm, very, very good. And uh, meatballs, what's the secret? Is there something unusual about your meatballs? Or Since we were talking about balls earlier, I figured <laughs> I should ask you about that one. Um, well, we put a lot of different meats in them, which makes them really good. And just plain classic meatballs are just really good. I see here chuck, turkey, Veal, sausage. This is a real yeah. meat fest here. Yeah. And in fact, I read in your book that it's important to know who your butcher is, huh? Very. And know where your ingredients are coming Definitely. from. Definitely. Yeah. Where? Who are your butchers uh, in New York City and in Michigan? I mean, do you know them? And um, 
in New York City, I know the um, the one at his grocery, my dad's grocery store, Italy. Mm-hmm. We know them, and then I'm not really sure about the ones in Michigan because he usually does the shopping there. But we go, we go to Hanson's or we go to Burt's. Yeah, and they have butchers there who we talk to, and it's it's about letting the purveyor know that you're interested in it. In which case, suddenly they find you more interesting <laughs> to deal with, which is a good part of the way to go. Very, very good. And uh, well, I mean, I got to ask this: uh, fifty. You gave this to your dad <laughs> for his fiftieth birthday. Which is uh, really, it's probably the biggest birthday there is. I mean, unless you live to be 100. But yeah. uh, what do you think you're going to do when you're 50? What What's your kid going to give you about what you do when you're 50? Um, I'm not really sure what I'm going to be, to be like absolutely positive. But I hope I can cook, at least not sure if that's going to be my profession. Maybe like a shoe designer or something. Really? I, I like shoes. Very cool. Um, you have a nice pair of shoes right now. What are those? They have. A, is that a bear on them or a panther? It's a lion. A lion. Very cool. So you like designing. You have a good uh, hand eye. You can draw things good. And... Uh, yeah. 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 So uh, what's uh, what grade are you in? I'm going into tenth. Tenth. And what's your favorite subject, or what's the subject you do best at? Probably math. Really. Yeah. Is math and design similar, huh? It's like about understanding geometry uh-huh. and how things go. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, your brother, or you? Uh, how did you guys get along? You guys always get along when you were writing the book? Uh, so-so. Most, oh, mostly, man. yes, but there were some struggles in between. There were some struggles, huh? Yeah. And uh, that's not why you have that broken arm, right? <laughs> no. Well, our listeners cannot see why that you have a broken arm, but what happened to it? You you had some elbow trouble, huh? Yeah, I broke my elbow last year. Oh, brother. How'd you break it, Leo? <laughs> Dunking on an eight-foot basketball hoop. <laughs> well, at least you dunked it. That's right. Yes. That's cool. It would be worse if you just like shot a free throw and like your wrist disconnected <laughs> or something. That'd be lame. But, uh, well, very, very cool. I really do... Uh, Love this book. I mean, uh, Mario and Susie, you guys should be very, very proud, I mean, to, to have your kids do this. And um, I think it's a, a fantastic book, and I really recommend that people buy it. Um, I really thank you guys for coming. And by the way, there's tons of great desserts in here as well. Um, and uh, blackberry and peach cobbler. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see also a... Uh, there was one that had an imaginary cream cheese thing on it, or I don't know if it was cream cheese. That was the pancakes. pancakes. That was the pancakes, and what was that? Cream cheese on it? Or are we allowed to? What was it, Leo? Crisco. What? <laughs> yeah. That's outrageous. We this... ran out of butter. Are you sure this isn't the Batulis? This is the real Batalis? What's going on? <laughs> it was the secrets of the food stylist and the photographer. Ah, sometimes Until you know. right now. But the recipe didn't call for that, huh? No. <laughs> no. Exactly. And Michigan maple syrup. I see that. I thought that was a phenomenon of Vermont. They, they make uh, syrup in, in Michigan as well, huh? Definitely. And it's premium quality. 
We were just talking about that little western strip of Michigan, right, uh, along the Great Lake, Lake mm -hmm. Michigan. I mean, it's one of America's greatest terroirs. Well, in addition, they also last year on Good Morning America voted the Sleeping Bear Dunes National Park as the most beautiful place in America. Hmm. And we were out there, and it's just that's one of our regular hangs. And it's a uh, Michigan is worth a, a visit. There's delicious gastronomy, there's great wine, there's unbelievable aquaculture, and delicious food, and cherries, and cider, and beer, and great products. It's a remarkable place to be. Is that what drew you there? The food, or was it just that it was empty? Uh in the northern reaches of Michigan? I mean, why, how, how did you get there to begin Susie with? Susie went to U of M, and okay. we started going back to visit some of her friends over the summer for a week here, two weeks there, three weeks then. When we really decided we wanted to stay there the whole summer, the house that we were renting, <clears throat> the guy decided that he was going to move back into it. So we went around and looked around and found another place, and we bought it, and now we go there on every holiday that we can. Mm, very, very good. Well, uh, I recommend the book, Dad, Better Watch Out for the Next Generation in Town. That's a quote from Emeril Lagasse about the Batali Brothers cookbook with additional recipes for the whole family from Mario Batali. Photographs by Susie Kahn. Well, thank you so much thank and you. enjoy your lunch at Roberta's. And it's an honor to have you guys in studio. Thanks Hope for to have you country. again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.